Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Dark Bubble, where we dive into alternate realities created by consuming one source of media, also known as media bubbles. As always, I'm joined by my lovely wife and co-host. Hi everyone, it's Lilith, and I'm so excited to dive into today's topic. I don't know much about it. Cameron's kept me a little bit in the dark, so I'm excited to cover it. So today we're talking about extremist groups on the internet. Okay, so we're kind of continuing the topic from last week. Yeah, so in our last episode, we talked about different sites you might go to to consume alt media. But today we're going to focus on the groups that organize and recruit new members on social media and other sites. Okay, so now we're, we're last week we learned like these are the sites and now it's like these are the groups from the site. Yeah, last week was more of a general overview of what kind of sites, you know, these people go on and what what they look into. And today and then today we're focusing on But yeah, today we're focusing on the groups themselves and you know what kind of events you'll see these groups at and just kind of a, a history of groups themselves awesome. of these groups themselves kind of figure out What's going on there? Awesome. I'm excited. So chances are in America, you've seen many protests and rallies on the news. Uh, most of them, you know, for far right things, far right protesters with AR-15s yelling in front of Capitol buildings, maybe some holding some tiki torches. <laughs> tiki torches. You know, classic, you know, KKK garb is tiki torches. Oh, okay. I was thinking like, grab your pitchforks. Yeah, but I mean, they don't actually know how to make real torches, so they, they have to use tiki torches. <laughs> Store-bought tiki torches? Okay. Yeah, like Walmart it. was having a sale. Oh, and it also gets rid of mosquitoes, so. Yeah, you know, their fair white skin wouldn't do well with mosquito oh, bites. Oh, yeah. So the rise of social media on the internet has given many white supremacists and other platforms to share their views re without retaliation. Like, you know, in public, if, if you said something really racist, everyone would shame you, you know, give you dirty looks. Even with your family, most of the time, they'd be like, no, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. But on the internet, it's like, you know, you go in there and you say something racist, someone agrees with you and you're like, oh, these people are like-minded like me. Mm -hmm. And then it just, you know, it's like a, a sound room of just it's echoes. It's a safe place for them. Yeah, it's their safe place to be racist. <laughs> oh, God. The rise of social media has definitely started this as a trend, but it's also just, you know, where our country has gone. A lot of it has to do with, you know, the 2016 election going the way it did. But we're going to mainly focus on some of the larger groups that have been in the news and have been at a lot of, like, protests and rallies that you've seen. Some of the more public groups. Yeah. This is from The Guardian by Jason Wilson. Uh, white nationalist hate groups have grown 55% in Trump era. Interesting. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, so when Trump was elected, there was a surge in alt-right activity. Uh, there was a surge in hate crimes. You know, white nationalism is on the rise. It's grown 55%, as the article says. The biggest thing is Trump is creating an environment where their narrative is, you know, more public. It's not being shot down as much because of all the crazy stuff that's going on. You know, as soon as Trump became president, our whole media uh, atmosphere just shifted so far right mm -hmm. that we don't even see white nationalism as... This crazy, yeah, outwardly it's, idea. It's not even that crazy in America anymore. You see it on the news all the time. You see these white supremacists, you know, 
growing in power. Some are running and, you know, for election. Openly, yeah. They're openly running for elections and they're, you know, almost winning in some places. So nationally, there were 155 groups counted last year that were, uh, you know, uh, white supremacist groups. Uh, These groups were counted separately from the KKK groups, racist skinheads, Christian identity groups, and neo-Confederate groups, all of which express some version of white supremacist beliefs. Okay, so these are groups on top of, like, KKK groups and stuff. Okay, Okay. so there's obviously more than... So, white nationalist hate groups in the U.S. have increased 55% throughout the Trump era, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. The surging racist movement continues to be driven by a deep fear of demographic change. So Uh, these are just people who strictly identify as, like, a white nationalist group? Yeah. Okay. So these are other groups that, you know, aren't as well-known. Which, these, these are some of the groups we're going to be talking about today. Uh, with white supremacist groups on the rise, they're starting to become more organized. You see them having their own rallies, just out in the open. Where these groups are coming about is actually Facebook. Ah, uh, good old Facebook. So this article is from techtransparencyproject.org. Uh, white supremacist groups are thriving on Facebook. I don't see. An oh, they have tiki author. torches. Yes, they have tiki torches. Oh my god, they all look like they're not, like the guys in the frat that like yeah like, spike your yeah. drink. <laughs> that one's got a dope mustache though, so he at least has that going for him. Dozens of white supremacist groups are operating freely on Facebook, allowing them to spread their message and recruit new members. According to the TTP investigation, which found the activity is continuing despite years of promise by the social network that it bans hate hate organizations. Okay, so like Facebook's like, oh yeah, we'll get rid of them, and they don't. Yeah, so uh, basically Facebook is like, all, all these groups, they just, you know, create their own literal group on Facebook where they talk and they spread their own media sources. That's where you'll see a lot of these media bubbles pop up is Facebook groups. I'm in a few Facebook groups. So not these type of Facebook. Imagine groups. going on like a Facebook group every day with people you think are smart and Jesus, share your beliefs, yeah. and all they do is send you links to media that also shares your beliefs, and then you, you know to get absorbed into you it. You slowly become more and more racist, thinking you know. That there is a white genocide coming, or that there is a civil war because coming. Because all the media you're now consuming says there is. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, the TTP recently documented how online extremists, including many white supremacist views, are using Facebook to plan for the militia uprising dubbed the Boogaloo. Oh, I know this one. I know this one. We talked about it last week. Yeah. So, yeah, the Boogaloo is the, you know, second civil war based off of the. 80s i think it was like an 80s sequel yeah Yeah. the biggest thing the most recent thing i can think of is you know the the lockdown you know all the lockdown rallies those were a big boogaloo event were they yeah so anything that has to do with like guns like we're going to talk about a gun rally later uh you know freedom of speech or you know locking down the country or locking down your state and having a rally for it that is a kind of like a boogaloo event where the police might do something. They might shoot a protester, even though all of them are armed. And then a war breaks out. Okay. And that's what they're all hoping for. Most of them don't even care what the rallies are about. They just want to be there and be angry. They, they just want to be there, be angry, and they want to have a chance to murder someone. 
So as we see these groups rise in America, it, they start to, you know, make names for themselves, especially in uh, the Fox News sector. Uh, good old Fox. So the first group we're going to talk about today is the Proud Boys. Ooh, the good old boys, if you will. Their theme song is Proud of Your Boy from the Disney film Aladdin. Um, can so, you pull this up, please? <laughs> we can cut you this out. Listen, you want to listen to yeah. the song? So the, yeah, this is the theme song, Proud of Your Boy from Aladdin. Okay. I just need some context. It's a sad Disney song. Yeah, so yeah, Proud of Your Boy is their theme song. Not sure why they chose that one. I guess because it's just Proud of Proud Boy. But the Proud Boys are a far-right neo-fascist group. The organization admits only men, and it promotes political violence. Uh, they're at a, a lot of rallies that turn violent. Ah, okay. So they're they're not afraid to get their hands dirty. Yeah, you'll see them a lot in uh, Portland and you know Oregon in general, going to rallies. Uh, any any rally that has like Antifa there will most likely have Proud Boys there too. You know they'll counter protest each other ah okay so the group was started in 2016 by vice media co-founder gavin mcclinnis oh yeah i remember it was like oh my god is vice problematic i guess it is the proud boys were started it emerged as you know an alt-right group on facebook and the internet their leader says they're not racist it says they're not a far-right neo-fascist group they say they believe in Western values, and they're like a Western value frat. A frat? Okay. Oh, that picture you showed—they really did be looking yeah, like they, a frat. Yeah, they do look like a frat. But yeah, they're—they're they're trying to say they're not a hate group, even though they're—they are a hate group. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Yeah, so, um, is this their flag up here? Yes, this is their flag. It's a chicken. It's that a rooster. Says, that's pointing west, and it says the West is the best. Um. So if you, who those who know me know, I have a deep-rooted fear of all birds, and rooster. I mean, I guess geese would be the worst, but roosters are pretty bad. So you know, can't expect much from these men. So uh, the biggest thing for this group is kind of like what they're afraid of. Uh, the group is uh, it sees men, especially white men, and the Western culture is under siege from uh, a white genocide. Apparently. Okay. Interesting. They're afraid, you know, immigrants are coming in and they're taking all their women and their jobs and all the white men are going to be homeless. And while the group claims it doesn't, it's not, they're not white supremacists, they often participate in racist rallies and they glorify violence. And uh, one of their initiations that we're about to get to in a second is actually, that's uh, a violent act. So we're about to get into the organization itself. Okay, I'm ready. Educate me. So the Proud Boys was launched in 2016. It's uh, Richard Spencer was a, an executive editor. Do you know who Richard Spencer is? Okay, so uh, Richard Spencer, he is a an American neo-Nazi conspiracy theorist, anti-whatever, white supremacist, you know, general evil white guy. Uh, he's been involved with a lot of stuff. Uh, he he helped with the Unite the Right rally and what. Uh, so yeah, in Charlottesville, uh, girl got you know uh, Heather Heyer got ran over by a white supremacist. Uh, he's the guy who helped 
orchestrate everything. Uh, Richard Spencer has been involved with a lot of stuff, uh, so you'll see his name a lot in the future. But anyways, uh, the Proud Boys, it was launched and they've been growing a lot on Facebook. The organization has been described as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is, you know, pretty official now. They're definitely a hate group. Now, for the membership itself... I'm sorry, I have to stop you real quick. Um, Vox, had, there's a quote here from Vox that called them hipster racist. Oh, yes. That's so, iconic. Imagine, imagine that being your title. Yeah, a lot of fun there. <laughs> their membership, it has like stages to their membership, which you have to like go through. They have uh, hazing. Because they're like a frat. Okay. So their first stage is a loyalty oath. And it says uh, the, the oath is order. Are you, are you taking the oath right now? No, I'm not taking the oath. <laughs> Exposed. I'm a proud Western chauvinist. I refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. That's their... That's their little motto. Their oath, like the Girl Scout promise. Yeah, that's their little uh, Girl Scout oath. (laughs) Don't let them hear you say that. Uh, The second one is getting punched until the person recites pop trivia, such as like five breakfast cereals. What the frick? The third is getting a tattoo and agreeing not to masturbate ever. Yeah, masturbation's for noobs, dude. Well, I believe not masturbating gives you, like, secret powers. Ah, oh, like vegans and Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, like vegans and Scott Pilgrim. Uh, the fourth is to get into a major fight for the cause or punch someone in Antifa, okay. which is a lot of times we'll, you'll see them creating violence at rallies because they want to... They want to get their level four membership. Yeah, they're trying to, you know, complete that membership. But that's also one of the biggest reasons there are is so much violence at these rallies it's created so in order to be the best proud boy you have to cause violence Mm -hmm. okay uh the proud boys have adopted a black fred perry polo shirt with yellow piping as their unofficial uniform (laughs) oh my god fred perry was previously associated with mod subculture and skinhead groups including the British National Front. Fred Perry CEO John Flynn denounced the affiliation with the Proud Boys in a statement to CBC Radio saying, we don't support the ideals of the group that you speak of. Oh, okay, so they've denied it, but... Proud Boys also, yeah, they discourage masturbation completely, no porn. Uh, They're saying, you know, they have to, like, get off the couch and go be white supremacists, basically. Interesting. Um, Can we look up this Fred Perry polo shirt, please? Fred Perry polo shirt? Yes, All I right. need to visualize it. So that's the Fred Perry polo shirt right there. $75. 89 at Bloomingdale's. That one's red, though. I like that red. Hey, you're not a Proud Boy if it's red. But anyways, uh, yeah, the Proud Boys, they're known for their violence. They're known for their, you know, basic frat boy white supremacist Um, There's a lot of, like, events leaked to them. Uh, there's been stabbings. Portland, the Portland protests are a big one that we're going to get to later. There's been a lot of violent events uh, linked to this group. Uh, one of the first ones that I could find were from February 2017. McClendon arrived at a New York University to give a speech, accompanied by a group of about 10 proud boys. Uh, minor scuffles broke out. Scuffles. I like how they use scuffle not to be like, oh yeah, they're not you know beating the shit out of each other. It's just a scuffle. A kerfuffle, if you will. It's a kerfuffle. Just one minor kerfuffle with the white supremacists. Oh, God. (laughs) So, yeah, Antifa and Proud Boys, they start fighting each other. Uh, Eleven people face criminal charges. One member of the Proud Boys who encouraged others to fight. Uh, The F-word wearing black that won't let us in was arrested later for 
punching it, the reporter from DNA Info. Wow. Yeah, there's also been lots of, you know, stabbings, uh, planned shootings, running someone over. You know, th- this group's really getting around. They got a around. wide resume. Yeah. Wide resume of, of violence. Na- nasty hate. We're going to move on to ADL.org. This classifies uh, the Proud Boys a bit better. They are a primer primarily alt-light, misogynistic, Islamophobic, transphobic, and anti-immigration group. Interesting. This sounds um, like everything I despise. Yeah, they're bas- they basically hate everything that's not a white male. Okay. Some members are, uh, you know, they, they're close to white supremacist groups. I said there's probably hundreds of them. Uh, they are, they're, they have chapters in Britain, Norway, and a lot of America. So uh, we're going to go to now the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, then we're going to go to their in its own words section. I'm going to say what I can uh, just to give you an idea of what, what these people like to talk about in their free time. Okay. Oh, God. It's such a rape culture with these immigrants. I don't even think these women see it as rape. They see it as having like teeth pulled out. It's a Monday. I don't really enjoy it, but that's what you do. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't have the same trauma it does for a middle class. What? I don't understand this quote. It's such a rape culture with these immigrants. I don't even think these women see it as rape. They see it just like having a teeth pulled. It's Monday. I don't really enjoy it, but that's what you do. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't have the same trauma as it would for a middle class white girl in the suburbs because it's so entrenched into their culture. So there, he's saying that immigrant women don't care that they're being raped that much. It's, it's, just, oh, it's okay. just a normal Tuesday. Ah, so yeah. He, okay, I, I get it now. So he's saying that it that immigrants rape each other so much that... It's part of their culture. That's part of their culture. Oh. Yeah. That, that's, that's nice. And so this is from one of the Proud Boys. Yeah, this is, that's from their that's from their leader. From, oh God, yeah, no, that's pretty gross. These are all quotes from their leader. He says it's entrenched into their culture. Get out of here. The next one says Muslims have a problem with inbreeding. <laughs> what? Yeah. This so man said this. Uh, yeah, these are all quotes from I believe his book. Get off my lawn is what it's called. Yeah, uh, let's take a look at that. Oh, is it a show? Oh, it's a podcast. <gasps> oh, so he has a podcast called Get Off My Lawn. How can you take that icon- iconic phrase and, you know, use it for evil? Yeah, yeah. Good luck taking that one back, dads. <laughs> well, I mean, I he guess th- they could start a group called the Proud Dads and use it. Okay, but I honestly, that's still probably a hate group. I mean, yeah, they're they're probably middle-aged white dads. Instead of, you know, white Yeah, let's not promote the creation of another hate group. Probably not. So another one, uh, this is a bit more extreme of a group. They're not quite as active anymore, but they are, you'll still find uh, many people who uh, say they are members of this group. It's called the Adam Waffen Division. Okay. Uh, I have to say their symbol is a little bit cooler than the Proud Boys. Well, Adam Waffen means nuclear weapons in German. It's a uh, neo-Nazi terrorist network formed in 2015 uh, based in the southern United States. Interesting. Hey, but their logo isn't a chicken. Yeah, it is not a chicken. That so is true. progress. Uh, not really because they're Terrible worse. people. They're, okay. They're, they're worse. <laughs> they're worse than the Proud Boys. They're like... Uh, like they're like the militia Proud Boys. Oh, God. 
so they spread into the United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, and the Baltic states, and many other European countries. This group is part of the alt-right, although it rejects this title. They never um, want to admit it. Yeah, it's listed as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is, you know, they're, they're the officials on this, basically. Uh, members of the Adam Waffen division have been held for res- have been held responsible for a number of murders, planned terrorist attacks, as many many other things. Uh, they planned to blow up uh, some nuclear uh, nuclear reactors at one point. Okay, pulling a Harley Quinn. In 2015, the group announced the creation of its website IronMarch.org. Uh, I believe it's been taken down since then. Uh, it's, they're, they're very fun. They, yeah. Uh, in its initial post, the group described itself as a very fanatical, ideological branch of comrades who both, who do both activism, who do both activism and military training. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they, they say they do hand to hand arms training and various forms of other training, as for activism, they spread awareness in the real world through unconventional means. What does that mean? Uh, so it meant like the internet, basically. Okay. This was before, I mean, this is, it was founded in 2015, like their website was. So that's not really that long ago, but mm-hmm. it, it could be considered early with some of these groups going on to more of a internet focused area. Mm-hmm. So the Adam Waffen advocates uh, attacks on the federal government minorities gays and the jews i do it for the girls and the gays that's it uh they basically and adam waffen has engaged in several mass murder plans plans to cripple public water systems and to destroy the u.s power transmission grid (laughs) oh my god so like they have some hefty yeah they're like okay you know how the all the media makes jokes about those green activists that want to like blow up like power plants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like these guys, but racist. Like the well, they aren't vegans. Yeah, they're definitely not vegans. Sad. They they probably would kill a lot of vegans also. Okay, so they like to cover all their bases of hate. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I feel like vegans are kind of just automatically like included. Shuffle, in- like they're automatically included in the thing that these people hate. <laughs> Because okay. vegan is most most often, you know, they're democratic. You know, is that, is that a scientific fact? I, I, okay, do you know many like hard Republican vegans? I've never met a Republican vegan. Okay, I mean this could be biased for us, but I feel like I've never met a Republican vegan. They love their steak. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Sound off on our Instagram if you've seen those. <laughs> if you've seen a Republican be- vegan. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> sound off on our instagram so um uh, the organization advocates for uh you know neo-nazi stuff they're uh very influenced by james mason and his publication siege it's a 1980s newsletter of the national socialist liberation front that paid tribute to adolf hitler charles Manson, and lots of other people okay so a lot of scary people um yeah it was published into a book that the adam requ- the adam waffen requires members to read uh mason a neo-nazi and holocaust denier who advocated murder and violence to create law- lawlessness and anarchy is the 
you know, that's his main ideal of the group is to create anarchy, basically. Okay. Um, I also want to point out there, American headquarters is in the lovely Florida. Oh, yeah, of course it's Florida. Where else? I mean, Texas, but I thought it was <laughs> Texas, honestly. I can see Florida, though. I can see. Yeah, so a lot of these groups, they are based off of something called Siege, which we talked about for a second, or the Turner Diaries. The Turner Diaries is kind of like the blueprint for all of these white nationalist groups. So now that we talked about them for a minute, I want to talk about the Turner Diaries. Okay. So the Turner Diaries was a 1978 novel by William Luther Pierce. It was published under the pseudonym Andrew McDonald. Uh, the Turner Diaries is basically like the white genocide book. Okay. Uh, in the book, it's uh, it's from the perspective of the novel's protagonist, Earl Turner. So the Turner Diaries depict a violent revolution in the United States, which leads to the overthrow of the federal government, the nuclear war, and ultimately a race war, which leads to the systematic extermination of non-whites. So everyone else. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, not interesting. That's absolutely terrible. And when was this written? Uh, 1978. Ah, okay. Yeah, so this book is kind of just... It's like, semi-recent, like... Yeah. I mean, this, 78, but still, like... This is, like, required reading for, like, most of these groups. Yeah. Because it's, it's all about, you know, uh, the white ethnostate, all of that. Um, the Turner Diaries is described as explicitly racist and anti-Semitic by the New York Times. Okay. It has been labeled the Bible of the Racist Right by the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center. That is crazy. So the book is, yeah, it's basically the blueprint. It's the Bible of white supremacists. Uh, it's, been, it's been the inspiration of tons of hate crimes, terrorism, including the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, okay. You know about the 1990... 19... I feel like I've heard of it. I'm not very good at this. So just to recap, you know, they don't teach Oklahoma City bombing in schools anymore. I did not learn about Oklahoma City bombing in school. I, I saw some earlier, but you could have just said it to me at some point in my life. Uh, Probably. I mean, it is something. It's, it's kind of a touchstone. It, But now everyone talks about 9-11. This was like before 9-11. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember I was in in school one time taking my criminal justice class. And one of the cops was like talking and he's like, you know, the Oklahoma city bombing and everyone just looked around all confused. Cause we hadn't learned about it. No. Which is crazy. Cause it happened in 1995. Yeah. We weren't born yet though. So, but still, I mean, this is like a big deal. The Oklahoma city bombing was a domestic terrorist truck bombing on the Alfred P Murray federal building in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma, Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. Uh, so it was perpetrated by Tim Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. The bombing happened at 9.02 a.m. and killed 168 people. That is a lot of people, actually. If I believe right, uh, quite a few of them were children because they had a nursery in the building, too. That's crazy. That's really sad. Um, I'm not sure if it says it anywhere. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, six children were confirmed dead. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. 
But yeah, so yeah, the Oklahoma City bombing was a really big deal, and it he the inspiration for this attack was from the book, the Turner Diaries. Oh God, yeah. Which is yeah, I just I thought it was insane that we don't learn about this even because it's like one of the first major like white supremacist attacks in recent years. You know, it's uh, it, of course it gets overshadowed by. 9-11 but this was domestic yeah but this was domestic by a white male and I, this is you know this is a big deal yeah uh, i just i always thought it was odd how we never learned that but anyways yeah so the turner diaries don't read it just know it's racist as hell but those are the cliff notes yeah racist as hell so okay if you could think of battlegrounds for you know these kinds of groups and these kinds of protests you'd probably think Texas, Georgia, Virginia, I feel like Virginia, is a big one. yeah, Virginia is a big one. But there's a huge battleground that we don't even know about most of the time, unless you really pay attention to like the mainstream media. You probably don't know what's going on in this state, and that state is Oregon. Lovely Oregon. Yeah, so Oregon is most of the time you think of what like Portlandia, Port- yeah, Portlandia, Portlandia being like. You know, this liberal show or liberal hipster show where everyone's, you know, just just vibing. Yeah, just just vibing. vibing. (laughs) They pass the vibe check. Uh, But in reality, Oregon has extremely racist roots. And many of the areas outside of Portland are very racist. Like Portland is kind of a hub for, you know, the quirky people. But outside of it, it, it's tons of like these hate groups are just sprawling all over like washington oregon northern california it's supposed to be a pacifica it's supposed to be the land of the liberals what are they doing there yeah you you would think that they would just go somewhere different you know like texas (laughs) virginia so believe it or not oregon itself was actually founded to be the the white utopia the utopia oregon was founded to be the white utopia where they were so racist, they didn't want slaves or anything. They didn't want anyone who wasn't white in their state. Imagine being so racist that you don't want slaves. Yeah, so, yeah, they're so racist that they're almost more progressive. Oh, not really. Not really, but in a way, because they, they didn't even want slaves. Yes, because they hated black people that much. Okay, yeah, yeah. Doesn't really work. <laughs> But uh, in 1857, Oregon, the Oregon Territory proposed a state constitution banning black people from entering, residing, or acquiring property. In 1859, Oregon became the only state to enter the Union with such an exclusion clause. In 1920... They were like, oh yeah, we've been waiting for this one. Yeah, so Oregon right off the bat was like, no black people. Get out. Uh, in the 1920s, Oregon had the largest KKK membership per capita in the United States, and the KKK member Walter M. Pierce was elected governor in 1922. So yeah, so they elected a governor who was a member of the KKK in 1922. Was he, and he was out and proud? Yeah, yeah, no, like everyone knew he was a KKK member. Ah, uh, so Oregon also did not ratify the 15th Amendment to the Constitution until 1959. When was it originally? Um, let's see. It was ratified in 1870. 1870. Yeah. Oh. It was ratified in 1870. They didn't 
ratify 1959. That's like... <laughs> That's a very long time. That okay. was like right around my parents were born then. Your like, parents were not born in the 60s. My dad was born in 64, I believe. That can't be right. Yeah, he's like almost 60 now. So, was it 20? Yeah. I believe he was born in like 64. <laughs> yeah, he's old. Oh, God, that hurts my brain. That's crazy to think about. So, uh, but how many years is that actually? So, it's. So, yeah, it was ratified in 1870. They then. Uh, and then Oregon didn't ratify. Then Oregon didn't ratify until 1959. <sighs> almost 90 years later. Yep, almost 90 years later. Yeah. That's, that is insane. So Portland is among the widest major cities in the United States. Gentrification has replaced many, displaced many of the black residents in the north and northeast of Portland. Uh, but that is a topic for another, another day. day. Yeah, that is a very yeah. hefty topic. But yeah, so it's important, but it's hefty. Yeah, it's a very important topic, but it is very hefty. So yeah, Portland has been just a hotbed for uh, groups like the Proud Boys. Uh, Adam Waffen, uh, they, they, they've been to a couple of these. And the next group we're going to be talking about, Patriot Prayer. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't want to know what this is. This sounds like a bad band, like a bad country band. So Patriot Prayer is, they, they, they've really grown a lot like the Proud Boys, but they, they've grown differently. They're not exactly a racist group. It's hard to say because they have a lot of members of color, but you can't really use that as a token to be like, they're not racist. Mm -hmm. But they're more of a, uh, they're more of a fascist group than anything else. They they believe more in fascism than white supremacy. Uh, But anyways, we're going to talk about this article real quick from NPR from Chris Benderive. Uh, police declares a riot after far-right and Antifa groups clash in Portland, Oregon. What began in downtown Portland, Oregon on Saturday as a permitted march by the far-right group Patriot Prayer was quickly declared a riot and halted by police after altercations with anti-fascist counter-protesters escalated. A report of protest projectiles causing self what are they yeah projectiles what type of projectiles with reports of several projectiles causing several injuries what type of projectiles uh, i believe it was things like water bottles bricks okay. rocks whatever they can grab yeah just kind of whatever they can grab just like they brought darts from the local uh, bar uh, a lot of videos you'll see there'll be like people with flags like beating each other with them uh four people were taken to the hospital one with serious but not life-threatening injuries, the other three with non-serious injuries. This is just an example of what you'll see in Oregon a lot. Oregon, as a huge battleground state for these groups, uh, Antifa has been extremely active. But yeah, this is a serious battleground with Antifa. Uh, Antifa is an anti-fascist group. They basically, they go wherever there are far-right protesters. And they counter-protest to show that, you know, they're in the wrong, basically. Uh, Trump has tried to declare Antifa as a hate group, which kind of shows if he's declaring the anti-fascist groups as hate groups. Where does he lie in that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, that really shows his true colors, I think. Yeah, so Antifa and all these far-right groups have been battling it out in Portland for quite a while now. 
Uh, of course, the rallies have died down since Corona, but yeah, it's an ever-present story. Uh, you, you see the tons of these right-wing protests, even recently with all the lockdown protests. These are just another form of these right-wing, right-wing protests. Mm-hmm. They've evolved for quarantine. So, anyways, we're going to focus on Patriot Prayer. Patriot Prayer is a far-right group based in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it just describes itself as advocating in the favor of free speech. And opposing big gov. Yeah, they oppose big government. Uh, the group has organized rallies in support of Donald Trump. Uh, they protest in predominantly liberal areas, and they are met with large numbers of counter-protesters, as in Antifa. Uh, so these are often Proud Boys are also members in this group. Yeah, they wear many hats, if you will. Yeah, so the Patriot Prayer is all about free speech. That's their supposed thing, but it's really just an excuse to be overtly racist and be like, free speech, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said that their founder, Joey Gibson, who we'll talk about in a second, became an activist after seeing a street brawl between supporters of Trump presidency and counter-protesters. Oh, God. So these are the kinds of groups you'll see trying to march on colleges with free speech stuff. They'll try to book racist speakers at colleges just to, you know, make a fuss and try to get them canceled, then blaming the college for free speech violation. Oh, okay. So they're, they're, making, they're making moves. But anyways, uh, so yeah, this group is all about free speech. They're all about, uh, you know, just, they're, they're basically just an alt-right group. Mm-hmm. Run-of-the-mill. Yeah, they, they try to say they're not racist, but they have a lot of uh, racist ties. Um, Patriot Ma- Prayer has made allegations against, uh, against the Council on American-Islamic Relations calling the group a Muslim extremist group. Uh, they're basically like a super pro-Trump, free speech, racist group. Uh, Joey Gibson is honestly a lot more interesting than the group themselves. Yeah, let's talk about good old Joey. But uh, so Joey Gibson, he founded the Patriot Prayer Group in 2016, same year as the election. Uh, Gibson announced that he'd be running as a Republican in 2018 for the United States Senate seat. Did he get it? Uh, no. He was, he only received 2.3% of the votes cast. Goodness. Yeah, he describes himself as a moderate libertarian, but he runs an extreme alt-right group. Okay. He's definitely a complicated individual. He, he supports pathways for non-criminal illegal immigrants he supports decriminalization of marijuana and same-sex marriage and he wants to establish term limits for u.s congress members but he also runs patriot prayer but yeah so their patriot prayer is an interesting group uh so is joey gibson uh take a while to really go into detail on them but they are a fascist group who have been commonly known to be around like Portland and stuff like that. They have actively denounced white supremacy, but they often are at rallies with white supremacists or have white supremacist speakers. So, you know, I I don't really believe that claim that they have cut ties to white supremacy. Oh yeah. So all of these groups kind of have something in common, which we talked about earlier, which is, you know, the Boogaloo. So the Boogaloo is, yeah, you know, it's a 
the next civil war basically it's what uh, a lot of these groups are trying to start the next civil war where the the whites can no longer be oppressed or something along the lines of that i don't know they're crazy that's the only way that's the only way to say it yeah so uh there is another faction who lives within many of these groups who are called accelerationists okay so do you remember the richmond gun control rally yes. uh there was you know tons of armed people wearing body armor ar-15s you know the works many of them had radios there's even our man alex jones from the last episode driving around on a military vehicle with a bullhorn good times right no uh so they were all looking for the boogaloo they were waiting for a cop to get nervous and fire his weapon and then start you know all hell break loose basically luckily that didn't happen but this could have happened if the fbi didn't arrest three individuals who were suspected neo-nazis okay so like there was people that could have started this there, and they luckily grabbed them? Uh, so they, they didn't make it to the rally yet. So the FBI arrested three suspect neo-Nazis. Uh, they had... Um, so the FBI announced the arrest of three men who were suspected of being in a neo-Nazi hate group. Uh, they were former Canadian Army Reservists who obtained weapons and discussed participating in the Richmond rally. The men were linked to a group called The Base, which aims to create a white ethnostate, which is basically another group just like this. There are tons of them mm-hmm. who want to, you know, uh, create white ethnostates. But yeah, so they were linked to this group. They had weapons with them. I believe they might have had some explosives with them as well. They planned to, you know, who knows what they planned to do. So, but they could have very well have yeah, done so, something. Very easily at any of these rallies, a gun could just go off and hit someone. Because these guys who are at these rallies aren't known for being very safe with their Mm -hmm. weapons while they're at these rallies, even though they care so much about their gun rights. Mm -hmm. Um, So all all it would take is one shot to hit someone in the wrong area and the next civil war would basically be started. And that is, and that's that's my issue with these gun rallies is that like, I'm all for, like, you can have your guns in your home, but, like, I also don't think you need automatic weapons by any means. Um, but, like, having that confined, like, that just feels explosive. Yeah. Like, like they shouldn't be allowed to gather in large numbers. Yeah, they're, they're you know, guns. they're like, oh, we're protesting, but a lot of them aren't even there to really protest. They're waiting for a chance to murder someone, basically. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for... Uh, you know, like this group probably wanted to come in and start shooting their guns or they wanted to throw some explosives around to make the next civil war start, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are what we call accelerationists. They are uh, often, you know, associated with uh, lone gunmen. Um, we talked about 8chan on our last episode and how 8chan had shooters manifestos. Uh, the biggest one is the Christ church shooting in New Zealand. Uh, that was, uh, he was an accelerationist. Mm, like almost they want to be like a martyr. Yeah. They want to be a martyr so they can, uh, you know, die for the cause of creating the white ethno state. And they want others to follow after them basically. Mm. 
So these people, they get so invested into their media. So first they're watching Fox News. The next thing they know, they're on InfoWars and Breitbart. And then before you know it, they're in Facebook groups and now they're in hate groups. Yeah, so a lot of the times you'll start in, you know, comment sections or, you know, if you're on 4chan, you'll chat with people on the forums and then they'll invite you to these groups. And then once you're in these groups, they keep sending you more media that you consume and it starts creating yeah people the alternate who, reality this alternate reality where you show up at gun rallies waiting for the boogaloo to happen because you think america has been taken over by lizards ah uh-huh. good one so in october 2018 uh there was a shooting at Pix- pittsburgh's tree of life synagogue it was the deadliest act of anti-semitic violence in american history in 20 20- in March 2019, an Islamophobic attack on mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, was the deadliest mass shooting in the country's history. It was followed by, in April by another attack on American synagogue, this time in Poway, California. And on August 2019, the shooting at an El Paso Walmart one, was one of the most brutal attacks targeting Hispanic, Hispanics in U.S. history. All of these shootings were linked to alt-right media. That's crazy. That's a, that's like a lot of shootings. Yeah. So these are some of the major shootings that have happened in the last you know couple of years. There's been quite a few of them, but these are all linked to sites like 4chan, 8chan, alt right groups. Uh, Adam Waffen was linked to a couple of them, I believe. Yeah, that's all. That's nuts. That's terrible and awful that people are getting so empowered from. A- yeah, uh, th- this has been on the rise with, you know, social media and Trump. Trump has created an atmosphere where they feel it's okay to do this because he just spreads their hate. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, he said there's good player or there's good people on both sides when he was talking about a group of white supremacists. Yeah, that's And, you know, he- he's he's spouting all of this crazy terrible stuff and it's just egging on the right to you know take it farther they they think he's you they know want a re- they want a reaction from him you know it's it's just crazy to think that there there's been this huge rise in all of this white supremacy and all of this misogyny along with you know the me too movement and you know the black lives matter movement mm-hmm. you know it, it's really interesting because of these media sectors some people who you know were really into the me too movement might not know that there's a giant alt-right wave coming to the internet every day and they are creating these groups that are committing these violent acts and you know i I hope that's something that we can bring to light in this show and just kind of talk Mm -hmm. about what what's out there in these people's media Mm mm-hmm what are, what are they consuming? Yeah. But uh, that's really all I could try to fit into the, today's episode. Uh, it, it wasn't as in-depth as I'd like, but I feel like I'm never going to get... <laughs> unless you want to do, like, a four-hour yeah, podcast. Yeah, unless I, unless I want to do, like, yeah, four-hour podcast, I, I'm never going to get in-depth as I like. But, you know, I can always come back later and try to work with it. Yeah, and I think we have the basics kind of laid out for us. Yeah, and if there's ever, you know, a topic you'd like to hear a bit more about or, 
you know, something that you'd like me to go more in depth about, I I would maybe do an episode on it, you know, if I get enough requests. Yeah, absolutely. Like, make sure, leave it in our comments on social media. Yeah, leave it in our comments on social media. We'll definitely look you know, at all it. all that, yeah. Yeah, I'll appreciate any feedback that you'll give me. But anyway, so, yeah, we had a lot of fun today talking about extremists and the internet. Uh, any thoughts? Um, it was a lot of info, but I, I'm excited to move. I, I mean, this is, it's so weird to talk about the subjects. So I'm like, oh, I'm excited to talk about it more, but it's like, these are negative topics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I am excited to be more educated and I can't wait for future episodes. So we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, our social medias are... Oh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DarkBubblePod. Yep, Dark Bubble Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. And have a good night, guys. Yep, bye. <laughs>